Welcome Blues to the Bolt from the Blue podcast. Manchester City won, Liverpool won, but guess what? As always happens against Liverpool, City win 5-4 on penalties. We've got both of our guys in the studio, or the Skype studio, this evening in the UK, this morning in Korea, and let's just welcome them. First of all, Colin Savage. Colin, how are you doing, mate? Oh, good, thank you. Yeah, we got a trophy win. <laughs> or, or not, depending <laughs> on who you are and... <laughs> exactly, we'll talk about that a little I'm bit. I'm sure later. we'll talk about that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Later, but we've also got Man City fan chat Ray. Ray, how are you doing? I'm very well, Mike, thank you. Very well, as Colin said, uh, uh, another piece of silverware because I think there is some silver in that community shield uh, for the mantelpiece I hope we've got a big mantelpiece because it's getting quite full these days <laughs> well guys in this game City were in their beautiful 125th anniversary kit here was the lineup in a 4-1-2-3 formation we had Bravo Walker Stones Otamendi Zinchenko Rodri De Bruyne David Silva Bernardo Silva Raheem Sterling and wait for it Leroy Sané on the bench we had Aderson Gundogan Gabi Jesus Aguero Angelino Phil Foden and Eric Garcia basically guys that was an interesting lineup I mean there were four players who were not involved that could lay claim to being in City's strongest 11 and that would be Aderson Laporte Aguero and possibly Fernandinho Liverpool on the other hand they began with nine of the 11 players who started the Champions League final. It was really only Sadio Mane who would confidently expect to be in their strongest 11 and they lined up 4-3-3 with Alisson uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Gomez partnering Van Dijk with Robertson Henderson, Fabinho, Wijnaldum Salah, Firmino and Origi. On their bench they had Mignolet, Lovren, Keita, the Ox Oxlad Chamberlain, Lalana, Shakiri, and Matip. What was quite interesting, Ray, was that there was an interesting reason why Riyad Mahrez wasn't yeah. in the lineup. Did you did you hear that? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to give you just a quick point before I talk about Riyad Mahrez. We could have had Ben Mendy. He's injured. That's so true. He, and I, I was shocked to see Leroy Sane start because some of these aggregators in the North uh, City accounts were saying he's not going to start because he's going to Bayern Munich. Now yep. he may well go to Bayern Munich, but these guys know Diddley squat exactly. Exactly, yeah. So, but the leading people up the garden path. Um, you know, I, I'm very tempted to start my own aggregator site and it'd be the aggregator of aggregators. But Riyad Mahrez, he had, a, he had a sinus problem. Now, some of the decongestions that you use over the counter stuff do have some things inside, some chemicals or whatever that are prohibited substances, banned substances. And apparently the city medical team, he couldn't verify what he'd taken. Maybe he'd forgotten what he'd taken. He didn't have the packet or whatever. If you have the packet, you can ve- hopefully verify. But if it was a local Algerian produced medication, 
medicine, maybe they couldn't verify it quickly. And they were worried, very small potential issue that if he was tested uh, and found positive, positive test because they didn't know what was in the medicine, that was not going to be a good situation for him. He was only going to be on the bench anyway. They took the decision not to play him. Some fans who were watching the game were surprised uh, because they didn't know about these new rules that were applying. There were at least three new rules that people were not used to. Do you know what they were? Uh, yeah, one of them was that the old rule being that if you took a goal kick, the ball had to leave the area, and, and now it doesn't. So I think we exploited that once or twice. There's another rule about attacking players are not meant to be within one metre of a defensive wall at a free kick. Coaches can get booked, I think that was the oh, first Oh, yes, of course, yeah, yeah. I thought that was in place last season, actually, but yeah, so coaches can get yellow and red carded, and uh, apparently if someone makes a, a remark or does something, and the fourth official or whoever can't work out who it is, then the senior coach takes the card. You have to take responsibility for your staff. But obviously we saw Pep get a bit agitated, yet another tackle, and one of our players had gone unpunished, I'm sure we'll come to talk about that, and received a yellow card for his trouble. Also, I think some people were a little bit surprised that straight after the 90 minutes went straight to penalties. A lot of people were expecting, you know, the, the extra time, 15 minutes uh, per, per half or extra time. Well, guys, just before we um, get into the action, there was a lot of reaction to the fact that Liverpool fans were booing the national anthem and uh, there was a few tweets up. I think one of our Twitter followers gave a little explanation and said, well, this actually, you know, when Liverpool fans were getting a lot of flack for this, he piped up and said, this actually started after Hillsborough. And I quote, when the British state police and prime minister called them all murderers and covered it up for decades. And he says, I'm not a fan of the Scousers, of course, and I think they're cultists, but this is not one of their worst crimes. What did you think about that, uh, Colin? It did seem odd at first, but I mean, can you really criticise them when we, example, boo the UEFA? It quotes anthem. It's not really a national anthem. But, you know, we, we boo the UEFA tune or theme song, whatever you want to call it, because we're annoyed with UEFA and we feel we've been treated fairly. So I can see it from that point of view yeah no I don't necessarily condone it but I can see where they're coming from although there was a very um, I don't know what you call it really a very self-indulgent defence by Tony Evans in the Independent today which kind of went over the top a little bit because it, it talked about Shankly and his socialist views well of course Shankly was barely cold in his grave when Liverpool were leading the charge to keep all ticket money for, by the, for the home club you can take that kind of thing with a pinch of so, if you want to talk about socialist views, just talk about Liverpool's attempts to branding of Liverpool. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a... And football merchandise. No, behave, you know. It's that you bring up something, you drag something up, trying to use Shankly's name, and you can't see what you're, you, the club's currently doing. So, Tony Evans, take a walk. Guys, everyone was very interested in that Leroy Sané was named in the starting lineup. Uh, we said, I think in the, la the last pod, uh, and a lot of people said, that we will know if Leroy Sané is staying or going, because if he's going, he won't be in that lineup. He'll be protected against the possibility of injury. And of course, Leroy started, he only lasted 10 minutes. Um, in those 10 minutes, he showed us very clearly, my goodness, he had Trent Alexander-Arnold on a stick. But unfortunately, a tackle from Alexander-Arnold went the wrong way for, uh, for Leroy, and he ended up 
with an ankle injury was taken off and, and re replaced by Gabriel Jesus. Ray, when you saw Leroy's name on the, the team sheet, you saw him start the game. Did that make you think that this had any ramifications for his future? Not really, honestly. I hoped it would, but if you're going to stand back and look at it, would Pep bother not to play him to safeguard him so he's not injured and the transfer can go ahead? Absolutely not. I think the hierarchy at City, they want him to stay. They've always wanted him to stay. I think they have accepted that he, he, he might go. They've accepted that. They've come to terms with it. But I think what they want is, if he goes, it's on the, their terms. So their terms are not 100 million euros. Bayern have spent two months chasing him publicly. Um, we've said that almost on every pod. We, we talk about signing what Bayern have been doing. And I think City have had enough. And uh, letter to them last week to basically say, stop it. And they stopped it, you know, and Kovac apologised and Rumenigga told him off. And you've heard nothing ever since from Bayern Munich. Nothing. Mm. It's, it's gone through the papers. We said this on Friday, built and kicker. And now we're trying to do the dirty work. I think they've resigned to him, the possibility of him leaving. If the price is right, he's gone. He's still one of my, our better players. We don't have that many other options because Mahrez isn't here, Aguero's not here. And one of the best 11 players to start the game for City. So he starts the game for City. Pep's not bothered that if he gets injured, that it could jeopardise a transfer. Focused on winning the game. You could tell he wanted to win the game by the fact that uh, Otamendi started. Pep wants to win that game, so he puts his best team out and Leroy Sane is one of his best uh, and not worrying about him uh, his transfer at all. Well, Colin Savage, it was exactly when Leroy was off getting treatment, City were down to 10 men, that City scored the first goal. Now, backtrack a little bit, Colin. Tell me how you thought the game started. Uh, describe the first 10 minutes for us and, and then tell us about this goal. Thought it, we started very, very well. We, we looked quite comfortable in possession, a little bit rusty once or twice, but um, I mean, the goal came through some hesitation in the Liverpool defence, really. The ball was played in from our left. Sterling was completely unmarked, and he didn't get a very clean contact on the ball, but Allison certainly didn't do himself any favours, kind of fumbling that with his hand and then with his leg, uh, and the ball crept over the line. So it was really nice for Sterling to finally get off the mark against his former club. That's right, guys. There was a free kick played short. Walker, he curled it over the top to find Zinchenko. He headed it back across goal. David Silva helped it on at the near post and Sterling side-footed a volley through Allison. Um, I like that particular description. <laughs> from six yards. In the echo, Lupo echo. And they said he hits it with venom. He didn't really hit it with venom. I saw that. I mean, yeah, I was thinking, what, what's your definition of venom? <laughs> it went on. Allison should have saved that. The one thing about that free kick, I'd, I've got to say, and the way the ball was played in, we did that quite a few times. It was as if we're going in that direction. And then we do a reverse pass to the left back where Terence Alexander-Arnold was uh, meant to be. And we do that reverse pass over there. That was catching the Liverpool out. We did that uh, several times, I remember, in the first half. Deadly Raheem. Well, <laughs> maybe not deadly throughout the game, but he was deadly for that um, for that second. And, well, uh, Ray, that. It, it must have been struck with venom because, you know, Alisson is the best goalkeeper in the world. There's no way that Absolutely. there's no way that a weak shot from um, Raheem Sterling is going to get past uh, to that man. Anyway... So, guys, Gabriel Jesus, as we said, will replace Leroy Sane. And uh, there was a, a little bit of action for the next couple of minutes. Salah beat Zinchenko and uh, hit the post. But uh, as we saw, Bravo had that covered. But it did give us memories uh, about uh, uh, Zinchenko. Zinchenko was up against it. And Salah was on form in this game. Luckily, he had his dancing shoes on and not his shooting boots. Alisson had to beat away a, a, a shot by Sterling a couple of minutes later. But as most people have noticed, it was actually 27 minutes into the game before Liverpool 
Liverpool actually enjoyed their first extended uh, spell of possession. And... Um, Two minutes after that, we had a poor header from Zinchenko. Salah was in again and flicked one over the bar. So, uh, yeah, it wasn't, it was only coming up to the half hour mark before you actually saw Liverpool beginning to put a few passes together. At that point, people were beginning to notice that Rodri looked comfortable, unspectacular, but comfortable. He, of course, now we can talk about him a little bit uh, later because there were a few uh, misplaced passes and a few occasions when he got robbed in possession, but by and large, consensus is that Rodri looked uh, pretty composed throughout the game and pretty assured. What did you think? Uh, yeah, I don't think he did. Uh, a couple of times, I think, when he got caught in possession. But I, I don't think he did a lot wrong. I saw some criticism of him for only doing sideways, backwards passes. But I, you know, I saw him do a few forward passes. And, you know, as we always say, it's going to take him a little while to fit in, into Pep's system. And um, certainly there are... Uh, deficiencies in his game that, that, that the story is that he's maybe not as mobile as he should be doesn't get back enough when he's gone forward but I think he's got all the qualities there to give us what we need and, and of course hey we keep saying it just it does take a while to fit into Pep's system and understand it and understand where you need to be when and, and why you that why you need to be there so yeah I, he certainly didn't look out of place yeah he will get better of course guys I mean one of the great criticisms by Stuart Robson on the ESPN FC website was that he was efficient, he was comfortable, he was tidy, but he wasn't really playing the ball forward a lot, a lot of sideways and backward passing, but then even Robson, you know, was uh, prepared to concede that he looks he looks great and he will get better when Pep gets in his head. But uh, Ray, one of the new rules, of course, is that coaches can get booked and Pep got booked because of a collision between uh, Gomez and, and uh, David Silva. Could you tell us about that one? Um, is that the one where Gomez had his foot up? Yeah, that's the, the one. Was a bit too high. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, we, uh, where we were uh, in the gods again, uh, surrounded by quite a few Liverpool fans. But City end, but lots of Liverpool fans around. That's that's when the two uh, spiders uh, came together that you saw. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, no, we, we actually no one could tell who it was while it was obviously lying uh, prostrate on the floor. It, you know, Liverpool were guilty, I think, of a few robust tackles, let's say, and uh, Martin Atkinson was further guilty of not punishing them and you know look it's a man's game but there's some things that are not allowed and uh, you, you want your referee to, to punish them and, and I think that's what uh, Pep and did we get did we not even get a free kick for that I can't remember now because it, it followed was either a drop ball or a throw or a throw into the other team and and I think that really intense Pep um, you know and he said I remember a couple of years ago he said something about you've got to look after the players. You know, you've got to look after the players. You know, and he says things. He says things like we're going to kill the players. I think he talks about injured them in terms of uh, overplaying them with all the games. It was a game where I think we'd had players booted left, right, and centre. And you can, you can probably remember a couple of years ago. I think there was the game. It was a cup game against Cardiff where they were just kicking our players left, right, and centre. The Spurs game where they, you know, they should have had at least a couple of red cards. And it just goes on and on. Obviously, I don't think this was as bad as that. There were there was a little bit of needle. Man City versus Liverpool. There's going to be, you know, KDB uh, left uh, his foot in on one, I think, or he, he brought a player down unnecessarily, got a, a booking. He was also lucky where he um, he was through on goal, but he was well offside, and he instead of just stopping and coming back, carried on and put the ball in the net. Um, so he could have got two yellow cards, and I think the fellow next to me said if he hadn't already got a yellow card, he'd have got one for for, for wasting time. So yeah, it, it was some uncalled for tackles, but I think Liverpool had to do that. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't I don't like it. I like Rob. 
sports game of football, but I like it to be fair as well. I agree with Ray there. I mean, one of my criticisms at the time was that Martin Atkinson seemed to be getting a lot of snidey little trips on our players go without even giving a, a free kick. Of course, there was a, an incident later in the game, which was um, kind of uh, went to VAR and nothing happened. That's right, guys. The City, by everyone's metric, by everyone's analysis, City were much the better team in that first half. Went in at halftime mm. 1-0. Salah, by that point, had spurned three decent chances, and this, luckily for us, uh, was a continual theme. Uh, apparently, by the end of the game, he had eight clear chances to score, missed them all. The second half, we were good again, guys, for the first ten minutes, but then everything changed. 47th minute, Sterling robbed Trent Alexander-Arnold. He was having a bit of a mare, actually, from my point of view. Crossed to Jesus, played in Silva, and he put it over the bar, and then Sterling hit the post just a minute later. Unfortunately, the flag was up for offside, but as I mentioned, by my reckoning, it was about, probably about the 57th minute, everything began to change. And it, and it started uh, from a Trent Alexander corner that beat everyone. And Virgil van Dijk did a little chip towards goal. And it actually hit the crossbar and bounced down on the goal line. But uh, to the chagrin of the Liverpool fans, one more time, that uh, goal line technology denied them. And... Uh, uh, what did you think about that one, Ray? Well, I've got to say, you know, uh, goal line technology is our friend. It's our buzzer buddy. <laughs> V-A-R kids. Um, I've got to slightly disagree, Mike. I, I thought from where we were sat that Liverpool, they started the second half the same way they started the first. They put In the first half, I thought they put a lot of energy. I call it their bleach green uh, style. They put a lot of energy, a lot of chase in the first five or ten minutes to try and, and make something happen. Uh, and, and and hope to score a goal, maybe two. And bad, if they can get two up, you know, you've got to come at, you know, this against weaker teams normally, but they've got to come out, come at them, and they can hit them on the break. And I thought they started the second half. Similarly, I said to the Liverpool fan next to me, I said, it feels like the tide has turned. And whereas in the first half, City quickly got into our stride and passed the ball and controlled the game. Um, in the second half, and, and that first goal helped us to do that, in the second half, we never got that level of composure. We never were allowed to pass it around at the back I mean, as much as we had in the first half. In the first half, you had Gladio yeah. Bravo playing between the two other defenders. So he was about 20 yards outside, passing it sideways, bringing it wide, bringing it long. And these were not hit and hopes. These were beautiful. 50, 60, 70 yard passes right to our players to run onto or to their feet. It was fabulous uh, to watch. So you know, Liverpool were trying to stop us playing. I don't think they were great in the second half, Liverpool, but the biggest thing they did, they stopped City playing. We know the way Liverpool play, don't we? I mean, they, they will come out in that early part of each half and um, kind of run around like lunatics. They'll put pressure on uh, our uh, back line, particularly, and, um, you know, try, try to sneak it. And I thought, Certainly in that first half, uh, one, one thing we forgot to mention, the couple of chances that Kevin De Bruyne had yes. to cross the ball and he made a complete hash of it. We, we, normally, you'd expect from him an absolute pinpoint cross uh, and he had time and space to make the cross and he played it into a defender instead of playing it into a... Colin, into Colin, you're, 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 you're talking about the man of the match here, according to... Um... Uh, well, yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, crazy, you know, it was all over the place, but I don't, it, it was far from his best match. No. I, I think there were two or three occasions where you think, hmm, and normally expect better from our Kev over that. But uh, to pick up what Ray was saying about the second half, we know that if you get through that first 15 minutes, well, it's a theory I have anyway, against Liverpool, then you stand a chance. I remember looking at the, the clock and thinking, it got to 59 minutes, and I'm thinking, oh, we've done okay here with weather, weather the storm. <laughs> 
and, and then we seem to just sit back and and let's say seeing one or two reactions earlier that almost as though we did it not not, not really saying i noticed this but one or two who opinion i respect seem to think that we might have even done that deliberately because what People have noticed over the over the last couple of seasons is that Liverpool actually aren't that aren't that effective when you give them the ball and let them build because their, their style is based on winning the ball high up the pitch and setting up a counter attack with three very quick, quite inventive, usually quite deadly forwards. Right, I think um, what you're what you're 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 saying there really is a uh, Liverpool are a little bit like uh, Floyd Mayweather. I mean, they, he, when they're being you know attacked, they can uh, counter attack very well, but when you ask them to, to basically come at you, they're oddly ineffective. After the VVD hook that uh, hit the bar and went down, Salah then hit the post. He wriggled free and shot through the legs of David Silva and hit the post. That's when things started to rock. A few minutes after that, we brought on um, Gundogan for David Silva's. I suppose a little bit confused by that substitution, Ray. Um, did you think that Silva was running out of energy at that point? No, I didn't. I, I thought it was a bit early for him to come off. But if he looks at pre-season, that's when he comes off. He's, he's not been playing deep into games in pre-season uh, off the top of my head. So, you know... <sighs> I was, I'll be honest, uh, I'm not like some City fans after the event and, and criticising Gundogan, because a few people were. I mean, it's some of the uh, less reputable publications, let's say, uh, got hold of a few City fans who would criticise him or were very unhappy. But I, I felt, and I've said this for, for a couple of years now, Gundogan is a world-class attacking midfielder when he's got time and space. You deny him that, he looks ordinary. And Liverpool are not going to give you time and space. It's not what they're about. And especially that way that second half was going. They were not giving us time and space. I mean, they, were, they had to, to do something. And so it was like um, they were consistently working hard chasing the ball. There was no way they were going to give Gundogan space and time. Uh, for me, that I can understand why, Pep, for one reason you've done it, because Gundogan needs a minute. He's going to be playing this season, no, no doubt. And signing a new contract almost, uh, well, by, by all I accounts. That, that, I think that's going to happen. So yeah, <laughs> you can't get your guy who's backside a new contract and just leave him on the bench because he, he can't cope with this game. Um, but it's my, just my personal opinion. I don't think it's the right call to put Gundogan on. Um, um, because he lacked the pace, he lacked the pace and the speed to move that ball quickly when needed. Although he did have, I think, one very, very good run where you know, we were trying to work out who this wonderful dribbler was gliding past three, four players, and I said it's done and we couldn't believe it. But no, I, I think the wrong game to have him, and I just felt we were. We were not having enough of the ball ourselves. And it was, for me, I said the pressure is going to tell. At some point, you know, the pressure is going to tell. Someone's going to make a mistake. You cannot let a team just sit on you for 45 minutes. That's not what our defence is about. That's not what people like Zinchenko, Walker, uh, Stones and Otamendi are going to succeed at. I, I can't see it. They're much better when we got 70% of the ball. Well, I mean, I, I did wonder whether Gundogan coming on was part of that. Give, let Liverpool have the ball because his natural inclination would be to sit back a bit and perhaps um, go to two defensive more defensive midfielders. So him sitting uh, alongside Rodri, whereas of course David Silva we we associate with being more uh, attack minded. Guys, initially, in the initial period after Gundogan came on, it looked like he'd brought us uh, good luck because straight after he came on, Sterling missed a golden opportunity to make it 2-0. He was put through on goal by Walker and it appeared, Colin, that he had all the time in the world to decide what to do. What happened next? 
Oh, God, yeah. I mean, well, this is kind of Sterling back to Sterling a two seasons ago where if he's given too long to think, he, he outthinks himself. Uh, I mean, he had a, I can't remember who he had on the left. He had Walker on his right, didn't he? he had, was it Bernardo on his left? He had a chance of a goal himself um, and he just couldn't make up his mind what to do uh, and basically let um, Alisson just basically take it off his toes. But it should have gone to his, I think it should have gone to his left. That's um, right. Just yeah. too much time. I think Walker was then Walker had run a long way if it was yeah. and he just collapsed on the floor head in his hands and he was just, you know he'd given everything everything to be there and sorry Sterling did a hurricane you know yep. and yeah. should have passed the, the ball on was the pass it, I, but I also felt if he'd shot and Goliath saved it I wouldn't have criticised him because he he did something and you'd expect a, a striker yeah. to go for it either shoots or pass it but he did nothing did he yeah he just ran straight into the loving arms of Alisson didn't he and uh, guys what I thought was very interesting was the next 10 minutes so we're talking from the 67th to the 77th minute now Klopp on the 67th minute made two substitutions he brought on Matty Benkeita to replace Alexander-Arnold and Fabinho 10 minutes later he brought on a further three substitutes Shakiri, Oxlade-Chamberlain and Lalana to replace Firmino um, Henderson Origi and I was thinking so I mean Klopp has you know brought on five sets of fresh legs Pep is, is not making any changes at all I mean this is an infusion of uh, five players who were who were fresh and, and ready for action and uh, this coincided of course with this uh, continuing period of Liverpool dominance Pep didn't do anything was the way that Klopp was using his substitutions was that a little bit confusing for you Ray that uh, that Pep basically didn't do anything I'm not sure I was confused I mean part of it was yes he's bringing on for fresh legs but also he was introducing players which you'd expect Pep kind of do as well I mean we'd introduce Gundogan you want to introduce players who are going to be playing an important part at the start of the season uh, and I think that's another reason we had two very strong sides out there because look if the season starts next week neither side will have a full complement of our top players not sure Man is coming back to Liverpool I think he came back today not sure he'll be ready for the weekend uh, certainly Mares shouldn't really be as a first team player maybe a bench player you know and I still think we'd be reluctant to put all of our type, uh, Americans straight into the starting line uh, next weekend you're right as well Mike that you know they're going to have a little bit more energy if we were tiring you could see that we were tiring you know late, late on you could see Kevin De Bruyne he was shattered and he said to after the game he was, I think someone asked him how do you feel he's basically really tired or knackered or worse to that effect and he looked tired uh, physically and when you're tired physically that can all, all, always uh, affect you mentally as well um, so you, you're going to make more mistakes and we were as I said I felt we were under more and more pressure and we were making more and more mistakes mistakes and sloppy passing some more uh, losing of the ball when we're in decent positions or in vulnerable positions um, and as I said I felt a goal was going to come they were fresher they were working harder than us they had a lot more ball they weren't creating lots of great openings and I think for me that's the one good thing I felt from the second half Liverpool weren't you know missing half a dozen great chances uh, they were getting a few half chances and that was it Colin between these two rafts of substitutions there was one moment that I did applaud uh, out loud and that was um, Otamendi's lunging tackle on Salah Salah tried to nutmeg him on the edge of the box uh, and Otamendi made this wonderful lunging tackle and what I was interested in was that when the game was done uh, there was quite a big disparity among the journalists about his performance Otamendi's performance because some of the journalists 
journalists had scored him four, and some had scored him seven or eight. Colin, what did you think about Otamendi's performance? Well, I put him at the seven or eight. I mean, he's Otamendi, isn't he? But I thought he had a really good game. As a defensive unit, I don't think we were fantastic. I thought Kyle Walker had a pretty decent game. I thought Otamendi was certainly the pick of the back four. In contrast, uh, Ray, their defence uh, looks awesome. I mean, that that guy, Matip, he's a giant. But Van Dyke is a giant. And then, of course, you've got um, Robertson. Although he, he was not coming forward and attacking the way that he normally does. And it, it is true that uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold did need to be substituted. But yeah. um, they, they've got, have they got a better defence than us? Can we just admit that? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, let's not, let's not beat about the bush. You know, we, with our full complement, with Ben Mendy there... I would, I would put him as an equal to uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Let's say they're similar. They've got different qualities, but let's say they equalise each other out. Then you look at our centre-backs, Laporte, cream of the crop for us. Uh, I think, yeah, probably we'll put, I would put them slightly ahead. Whether whether you have Matic uh, centre-back or Gomez, I think Gomez, uh, if it wasn't for his injury, would have, could have gone to, with England uh, to the Nations League. So he's a very good um, centre-back, I think, in, in the making. But uh, I think overall, yeah, I, I would give Liverpool the edge of defence. They took Trent Alexander off, Alexander Arnold, and they put uh, Gomez at right back. So they've got good flexibility, and I think, you know, I'm not going to, just because they're Liverpool and I don't like them, I'm not going to say they're, they're not, they've not got a good defence. They certainly have got a good defence. The, uh, the difference between them and us, and I, I just talked about us as a defensive unit, they've got a midfield which protects, yeah. which almost two out of three of that midfield protects that back four very well. You know, when you've got players like Milner, Henderson, Cater, whoever on, generally, they're protecting that back four. And it doesn't half help when you've got three players in front of you who are there to protect you, whereas we've generally got one player protecting two centre-backs while our full-backs are, 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 you know, halfway up the field. We'll always lose out. Our defence will always look, to use the term, worse. Our defence will always look more vulnerable against a team that plays the way Liverpool does. Yeah, I mean, it's true, uh, Colin, isn't it, that um, this is why these two teams are so finely balanced, because what they gain with that defensive solidity they lose in creativity they've got nobody yeah. I mean I, I guess they were hoping that Keita was going to be their equivalent of, of one of our creative players but he really isn't he's not the, uh, it doesn't impress me at all that guy whereas we lose a little bit in the defensive solidity but we've got all of the creative uh, intent in the world just before that um, that second raft of substitutions from Klopp we had the goal and it really was humming guys wasn't it because by this point it was it had more or less been 20-25 minutes of Liverpool dominance and uh, the goal came from the aforementioned Mr Matip Colin that started off with a free kick from Henderson I think it skimmed off somebody's head and came to Van Dyke. you take it from there yeah, well, um, Van Dyke was, it was a well-worked set piece. Van Dyke was unmarked, pretty well unmarked, on the far side of the, of the box. Headed the ball back in, and um, Matty was, um, all he had to do was get ahead of it. He was, what, with, just within the six-yard box, I think. And, and Noddy Pasbravo had no chance, really, of uh, stopping it. So it was quite, it was it, it was a quite well-worked free kick. And um, interesting, reading something in this new magazine, The Athletic, about the problems we have with set pieces. Part of it is because we haven't got that many tall players, and this is where Rodri will come in useful because he's about five inches taller than Fernandinho. And of course, it doesn't help when you've got a lot of smaller players. So, you know, having Raheem Sterling marked Virgil van Dijk is a bit of a waste of time, isn't it? But 
I think there's a little bit more to that because I'm always nervous at set pieces and I just don't think we've got the organisation quite right at set pieces. We do still look a little bit all at sea making it up as we go along. It, it, it wasn't a shot that get the, the goal came from a set piece because Liverpool do that very well uh, and we don't we don't do it very well at all. Colin, I'm going to pick you up on that phrase all at sea because for the next five minutes we were all at sea. Lalana picked out Keita and he shot Bravo, made a good save in the 80s third minute two minutes later as Salah cuts in field has a pop from 20 yards that hits Zinchenko and looped onto the roof of the net and uh, two minutes later again Salah shoots from 20 yards and another good save from Bravo a lot of the Liverpool fans I noticed were getting a bit frustrated at this point with Salah because he could have played in Keita that that last one but um, in as much as they were getting chance after chance I think it's time to talk about Bravo Ray because he was beginning to put in really quite the performance I was very very, very impressed with him. I mean, when you look at him now, you think, what's what's uh, Stephen McInerney from a steam company doing in our goal uh, with that beard? But um, my, my goodness, he was be- he was really beginning to, to show wonderful reflexes, put in a number of saves at this point. And uh, my goodness, I was impressed with him. I was impressed with him from, from the start of the game because everything he did, everything he was called upon to do, he did. Firmino shot within the first few minutes, uh, which was hit straight at him, but he just parried it down, picked it up. Everything he did was first class, from his uh, coming out quickly to intercept three balls, uh, from passing short passes to the defenders, from coming out, as I said, onto his about, about the 20-yard line uh, and passing it. You know, He was level with the two defenders. It was like awesome to watch. And uh, it was like a, 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 a mini Edison, even though he's much, much older. The passing, the spraying of the ball um, to the right and to the left, impeccable, 50, 60, 70 yards. Distribution with his hands, that was brilliant as well. I mean, I couldn't fault anything in him. And, you know, we, I was uh, thinking about the man of the match during the second half. And I thought at half time, I'd have said it was between Bravo and Sterling. Uh, but mid we're through the second half well before um, the penalty shootout and uh, he, you know, he deserved uh, a really he, he got a good mark from me you know he put in from my point of view an 8 or 9 out of 10 performance he, he was really good and, and actually all goes well for this of the season he's played it I think every minute of pre-season he's played this game he's looked very very solid he's looked very very good and as a number 2 I don't think you could ask for any more he wasn't done yet because after having seen us through that 5 minutes 2 minutes later Again, bravo to the rescue. Rodri yeah. was, was robbed about 20 yards out from his own goal line by a combination of Lalana and Oxlade-Chamberlain. The ball ran through to Salah, who struck a first-time shot, and it was superbly blocked by Bravo rushing out. Uh, it really was uh, uh, amazing. And, um, you know, at this point, you know, when we're coming towards the end of the game, I'm thinking, oh, I'm so glad that, that he's between the stick for these penalties. And uh, within a couple of minutes, we learned that there were to be four minutes of added time. And guys, in these four minutes of added time, there is only one thing to talk about. Kyle Skywalker, Colin. Um, <laughs> oh, my, my, my goodness. Salah shot blocked by Stones. Uh, who was sliding in in front of Bravo. Stone did quite well there, but the ball came back to Salah, headed it towards the goal. It was an absolute certainty for 2-1. I was getting ready to switch TV off at this point because I'm thinking, I know this, uh, that's, that's it. What happened next, Colin? I think we were quite lucky that Salah didn't quite get enough of a head on it. So it went up rather than um, him getting any power behind it. But yeah, I mean, it was looping towards the goal and Bravo seemed to have given up. Then all of a sudden, Super Kyle Walker 
appeared from nowhere and executed this wonderful uh, acrobatic scissor kick to clear the ball from under the uh, crossbar. It was an absolutely wonderful clearance and it'll be dining out on that for years, I suspect. <laughs> oh my goodness, it was such an acrobatic uh, piece of defending. But I think even more impressive, Ray, was because when that spat between Stones and Salah yielded that header, there was no way that Walker was going to get anywhere near that. But but he just switched on the afterburners, I think, is, well, is the correct phrase. How on earth did he get there? Well, as Colin said, Salah didn't get enough power on the on his header. And as soon as it went in the end, Salah was heading it, he thought, this is it, it's gone. There's, no one's going to get there. You know, Claudio Brown was scrambling around trying to get off the floor. And when he headed it, the Clyde just started to run back. He knew it was going to be a vain attempt to get the ball. And suddenly he saw Walker there. And he thought, well, you know, uh, first of all, Walker's about eight years younger. Let him go. And Walker, he just flung himself. And all those hamstring and groin exercises he'd been uh, doing. And the, the city, well, it, look, it looked silly at the time. You watch people doing these, you know, groin and stretches and hamstring stretches and whatever. And stretching muscles you didn't even know you had. And you think, is it worth it? And for that moment, yes, it was worth it. And actually, there's a I think a video of him in the change room afterwards there was some music there and he was doing these high kicks uh, dancing to music it was a phenomenal clearance there's no question about it I mean John Stones against Liverpool it was something he had to do he had to get that clearance otherwise the title was gone and that, that, that Walker yeah I mean it was a, it was alright it was a game that if you lost you lost it you wouldn't cry about it so it was something that it was nice that he did um, to actually get us into extra time uh, Colin it always gives me um, great pleasure Looking at the faces of Liverpool fans, they must be getting really, really, frust- <laughs> really, really frustrated with City's ability to clear balls off the line or their shots hitting <laughs> hitting hitting the line and, and not being fully over. This this is but this becoming a bit of a thing. Well, it is. I mean, um, uh, goal decision system and uh, Liverpool don't seem to get on very well, do they? It was uh, it was amazing, guys, and there was time for another Bravo save before the final whistle was uh, sounded. This time, a shot from Shakiri um, at his near post. Bravo got down well. But guys, did you feel like I did when you knew that penalties were coming? That this is the moment for Bravo. I mean, I, it didn't surprise me. That's how good he is at uh, the, the the penalty shootout uh, situation. And I was thinking to myself, I wonder, guys, I wonder, is this the time when we discover, despite all of the accolades? that are given to Alisson. I just had the feeling that that guy can't save a penalty. As good as he is in the normal, you know, 90 minutes of play, I'm thinking, I don't think this guy has the look of a guy that uh, that can save penalties. And so it turned out. The penalty drama, Ray, how did you feel? Well, it's, it's one of those, I mean, um, you know, we've, we've done pretty well at Wembley with penalties. Um, I remember in the Carabao Cup against Liverpool, to get us through I'll quickly mention when Yaya Turi scored and wheeled round calling the players over and he was running off on his own because no one was bothered about Yaya Turi scoring the goal it was the goalkeeper who was the hero for making three saves it was it was, uh, it was far once again it was far far away you, you're 100 yards away plus I wasn't nervous I, I, actually it's one of those that I tried to film but my, my camera decided that it, it, um, on my phone decided that it wants to <laughs> it didn't want to do it so I had to re- reboot my phone by the time it, re- it finished rebooting it was almost over um, but but it's one of those, it was, oh, look, it's a bit nervous, a bit exciting. 
it, it, it does mean something to beat Liverpool. It really does. Looking at the penalties, I'm just going to pick up a couple. I think Bernardo Silva slammed his home from a short run-up. That was very nice. The aforementioned Alisson should have saved Zinchenko's. I think when Zinchenko started taking a long run-up, he was taking steps back until he was outside the penalty area. That gets me worried because it's yeah. too long of a run-up. The two previous City penalties were like three, four paces. They put the ball down, they walk back three or four steps and they don't stop. They just you know walk three or four steps back and come up and shoot and score. They know what they're doing. They've got confidence and commitment. Uh, whereas if you start to, if you're ten yards away, you've got a lot to think about on the on the in the on those ten yards, and it just makes me think you're not as confident. And I think Alisson should have saved that. It went through him. But at that point, he needed to say something because our man, our bearded wonder, uh, Claudio Bravo, uh, had already made the save from, uh, was, was it Cater? Uh, Wijnaldum. Wijnaldum, sorry. Wijnaldum. Uh, and um means you're not, you're not sure what you're going to do. And Bravo you know, was kind of pointing one way and then double bluffed him and went the other way. So mm. it was a nice, it was an easy save because um, it was hit at a nice height quite near the centre of the goal uh, so Bravo was our once again um, our goalkeeper was our hero and Claudio Bravo Colin are we getting to the point now where imagine this scenario we are in the um, we are in the dying minutes of the Champions League final the scores are level would you be tempted to do a Louis van Gaal take Ederson off <laughs> and put Bravo on because you know penalties are coming uh, yeah, basically. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, there you go. At the Carabao Cup final, uh, obviously we were all there. Uh, didn't everyone's heart sink when they saw Willy Caballero waiting to come on? But obviously there was uh, backroom boys at Man City. They know who can save a penalty. I was a bit disappointed in Bravo because he only saved one and I had him down to save <laughs> at least two or three. <laughs> yes, guys. So just going through those penalties, Shakiri got the first one for Liverpool. Good to one equalised. Then it was Bravo, as you mentioned save from Wijnaldum it's so good to get an early penalty save in Bernardo Silva 2-1 Lalana equalised then Philly Foden came on and I was I was wondering is, oh my gosh is he the one that's going to miss it he put that in with aplomb just to uh, borrow that a word yeah. borrow a word from, uh, from, from Ray with his expanded uh, dictionary there uh, Oxlad Chamberlain um, made no mistake and neither did Zinchenko Salah came and made it 4-4 of course Gabby Jesus Sticks the ball in that 5-4 and the famous old Frisbee, guys, comes back to Man City. It's becoming basically the home of this particular well, competition. Let's be honest, Mike. I mean, we should have had that, that trophy by default because we should have been the only team there. Yeah. So, you know, Liverpool yeah. should, should have only been playing for pride and <laughs> they haven't got much of that these days. One thing we missed we were going to talk about and that's the, the foul by, I think it was Robertson, that got look, looked at by VAR for potential red card offence. Yeah, tell us about that one, Colin. Uh, I can't remember who it was on, but um, the ball had gone and, and Robertson kind of piled into them, uh, knocked them over. Now, now, obviously it was a foul, should have been a yellow card, but um, it was reviewed by the whether the VAR official brought something to Martin Atkinson's attention, but it was reviewed by VAR. And what it showed was there was a little kick at, and I can't remember who it was, I think it might have been Zinchenko, I can't remember. There was a little kick at him. As Robertson, I think it was Robertson, moved away. I remember Sean Wright Phillips getting a respective three-match ban for doing a similar thing against Rory Delap. 
uh, at Stoke one season. And uh, but Atkinson waved it away, uh, and he didn't even issue a yellow card, which the original foul alone was was worthy of because it was um, uh, reckless, basically at least reckless. So um, it, it kind of summed up Atkinson's performance that where a foul that should at least have been a yellow card, uh, and we've seen uh, red retrospective red cards given for the li- this, this little sneaky kick out. We didn't. Uh, there was no card issued at all. And as I say, that just summed up Martin Atkinson's afternoon. Well, that sums up something else uh, for me, Colin. That's why we love you. That's why we love you on the show. Because if I if I could have bet fifty quid on something, I would have bet fifty quid that in this podcast uh, the name Rory Delap would not come up. <laughs> that, 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 that's that's why we love you, Colin. But um, it, it, it was very interesting that straight after the, the game, Ray Oliver Holt came on and let me quote him. He says, "If you want to count the community shields a trophy, then include the Oud Cup, the Emirates Cup, the Dog and Duck Cup as well. Go and buy one of those plastic cups from a trophy shop and put that up for grabs as well. Then everyone can win multiple domestic trophies." And now, of course, this got City fans frothing. But luckily for us, we had a hero, guys. We had a hero. His colleague on Sunday Supplement is Neil Ashton and Neil Ashton took a little bit of time but he eventually fired back there's something going on between those guys and he says this let me quote you play 38 games to reach a cup final at Wembley you convince 30,000 fans to travel down to London and then someone tells you it doesn't count okay then so uh, those two guys they're, they're, they've, got, they've got something between them <laughs> <laughs> we obviously didn't see my, my response to that because I said you know it's not as if it's just two teams that are allowed to enter this competition last season you had 736 teams entered into the FA Cup each one of those teams possibly potentially although unlikely could have been in the uh, Community Shield final in total you've got 756 teams that have entered into this competition so it's, it's actually a damn big competition it's bigger than the FA Cup because uh, 20 teams are entered twice so whatever you want to call it it's still a competition it's still a prize it's still a trophy that's competed for between two top teams who have had to fight their way the previous season to get there so surely on that alone it's got to mean something even though I will still argue it still feels like a glorified friendly to me maybe change the name don't call it the Community Shield um, maybe call it the Super Copper de- Dongleterre or whatever you want mix, mix your languages up and, and call it something different so it actually means the Super Cup of England why not? Well actually that's an interesting point Ray, because I would have thought with the you know the the Premier League and the English uh, football authorities, I, I'm surprised they haven't changed the name to the Super Cup. You know the the way that they want to convince everybody about our you know marketability uh, around the world. Well, I actually think if they did call it the Super Cup, they might get a few more fans and actually try to build it up as a uh, yeah. you know instead and, and get. I mean, the cheapest tickets were twenty quid. Now if they can build that up over the next five or six years into a Super Cup, then they might not. Well, actually, maybe, maybe don't, don't build it up in Super Cup because they won't be charging 20 quid for the cheapest tickets it'll be 40 quid again so no maybe that's a bad idea cut that bit out don't put that in you know just in case someone from the FA is listening that's a good idea let's build it up and make some more money yeah well actually one thing that was very nice uh, Colin at the end of the game Sterling taking selfies and giving his shirt to the few remaining Liverpool fans there that you know one in the eye for, for those guys that have been booing him through during the game did you see that it was lovely wasn't it well, most of them are gone by then, but of course, a few fans are staying. <laughs> you can do it, you know. And um, you could just see the, um, you could kind of just see the way it'd be spun, you know. Sterling steals mobile uh, from <laughs> Liverpool fan and stuff like that. But yeah, that was really classy of him. And um, it, it, I guess it's two fingers. It, 
in a nice way, it's two fingers up to the idiots that boo him. It's interesting, isn't it? Because a lot of people were wondering how they'd feel without company hoisting the trophy aloft, but probably not for the reasons that you might think. Um, what was quite interesting was that it actually it took Sergio to help David Silva to raise the trophy. <laughs> um, Vinny would have tossed it up in the air uh, in his uh, trademark fashion, but that was the moment that, that made me think, where's Vince? It feels like a procession of all the old guard are going, and then the second round of old guard are going as well, like Fernandinho, and then in about four or five years, maybe Kevin De Bruyne goes. But the thing, the one con is City is going to still be here and we're going to still carry on so yeah, look, there's no no one's bigger than the club not even Pep and it is a loss to lose to Vincent guys if you're listening if you're listening out there this Ray's build up to begin singing My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion <laughs> now guys if, if you don't want to hear that then uh, I think that um, basically you're you're right in agreement with uh, me and Colin so we're, we're going to have to no, cut no, Ray off no, before yeah. he starts before he starts singing that song Colin stole my thunder a little bit but those journalists who'd given Otamendi four out 10 and they asked themselves why they didn't get that phone call from the athletic <laughs> they got a, you know i mean what what are they watching did he see neil custis's meltdown this morning yeah god i do not uh, what was what was he blathering on about he done something it's always some done something to jack pick brook originally saying when jack had announced he was leaving the indy to go to the athletic and he said a great new start for both of us and then he had some sort of meltdown this morning about what is this athletic is it some sort of paper to which I, if I hadn't been blocked by him a while ago, I would have responded, <laughs> yeah, it's a paper where people write intelligent stuff about football, so it's probably why you've not heard of it. Um, <laughs> well, guys, we've got Sam Lee, who is now uh, signed up for The Athletic, so, I mean, that's pretty much enough for, for most of us to, to subscribe to it to get a bit of intelligence. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's that, that was an interesting spat. I don't know if you noticed that I formed one of my famous collages with pictures of Duncan Castles, uh, Nick McGeehan, yeah. um, and and uh, with the city bingo in the middle of it and uh, sent out uh, a little post to our followers saying, which one of these guys is your personal favourite? And uh, uh, it was quite funny. We got we got, we, we got a lot of nice uh, pictures in that college. We got Melissa Reddy, you know, the diehard Liverpool fan yeah, that works yeah. for ESPN FC. We got um, Alison Rudd. We got Nick McGeehan. We got uh, Rob Harris. It's a sight to behold, guys. If you haven't seen that and uh, you're looking for something to put on your dartboard, I, I recommend it. Just send a little email to us here at Bolt from the Blue. We'll be happy to provide you with it. I think we'll draw it all to a conclusion here. The Frisbee is back at the Etihad Stadium, guys. We have got it. Liverpool haven't. And it's just so funny for me. I just wonder what the what the reporting would have been like if we had lost the penalty shootout. I can tell you what it would have been. It would have been a marker. It would have been a psychological <laughs> blow. It would have been... I, I, did you see the article, by the way, by Jonathan Wilson who was basically talking about what how good this is for the game you know it, it just reminds me of those times that people always talk about you know we need a strong Manchester United there's a whole bladder of journalists that uh, that trot out that line that we need a strong Manchester United we we need competition we can't allow a city to run away with it well I'm thinking well yeah we can it's all about who's best and who's much better than than everyone else. I think that's a scenario that can, that can transpire. But um, guys, I think we'll have to we'll have to end it here. Uh, times moving on. Let's say cheerio to our two other faithful members of the Bolt from the Blue podcast. Colin, thank you very much for your participation. The check will be in the post, mate. 
Thank you. Uh, none of the others have arrived, so I won't get my hopes up. Well, there'll be quite a few people I could mention that uh, won't be sending you a check, uh, Colin. And uh, very much in the same vein is uh, Man City fan Chat Ray, possibly you know the biggest thorn in the side of uh, so many of our uh, beloved journalists out there. Uh, thank you so much, Ray. Oh, thank you very much, Mike. It's sad that the, I've actually had a few of the journalists blocking me. I, I don't know what I've done to deserve this. Uh, I've been so nice to them, uh, <laughs> but uh, I don't think they like it. They don't okay. like it often. When I when I first uh, met Ray and we were chatting, Ray was giving it large uh, listeners about the fact that, yes. despite the fact that he'd been very uh, vituperative, there's a word, guys, um, to these journalists, but none of them had actually blocked him. Well, you've been blocked. Join the club, mate. Join the club. Well, guys, let's... <laughs> I've got to say, Mike, I'm, 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 to finish off, I've got to say, I'm rather disappointed in you, Michael, tonight, um, that you've not mentioned the score predictions for the yes. uh, Mr. Shield. Well, I think that's very remiss of you. I wonder why that is. Well, uh, guys, uh, I was put right on that. And if you go to our SoundCloud uh, lineup of pods, and uh, you were expecting this pod to be the next one, there's another one that sneaked in there. And if you check it out, I'm just bringing it up on our account now. Um it's the title of this little podlet. It's it's the only time that I've ever done a, a 30 second uh-huh. pod. And uh, the title of it is Season 2, Episode 5, Revisited. Ray's spooky prediction came true. And if you listen to it, you'll hear the section of our last pod when Ray, just like Nostradamus, predicted the scoreline and he predicted what was going to happen. Well, so congratulations to you, Ray. Let's, let, let's pick him up. Everyone, Miss Sterling going to have his shooting boots on. I'd have been right. So I consider that a moral. Victory. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Colin, are you a Liverpool fan? Moral <laughs> victories for Liverpool fans. Well, that's why I slipped that in, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, guys, let's leave it here. We will be back with you very, very soon after the first league game of the season, maybe even before that. Who knows? These these two guys, I have to control them. They'd be on every night. But um, let's just uh, stop it uh, at this point and finish off in the normal way and say, have one on us and up the blues. Sunderland. Manchester United have done all they can. That really goes in up to the three points. Manchester City are still alive here. 